So the topic of my podcast is often about how to help you be proactive as a mom when giving your kids digital things and helping to guide them in that world. That is what the podcast is founded on and what it's all about. Well, today's episode, we are going to go into another realm of this whole thing around the digital stuff that I've never dived into before. And I'm so excited to bring you an expert in this field to help you get on the top of this too. All right, so stay tuned. Welcome to your source for tips, tools, and support to help you be that mom that is tuned in and proactive for yourself, your family, and for the wild ride of raising kids in this digital age. Inspired by a mother's love with a relatable, real-life, proud-to-be-that-mom flair, this is the Be That Mom Movement with your host, Dolly Denson. Hey friends, did you hear? There is an app that will transform the safety of your kid's smartphone and technology use. It is my favorite way to sleep easy at night and have peace of mind because it is monitoring my kid's activity online without me being in their business. It is the Bark app. And yes, bark like a dog, bark, bark, bark. It tells you when there's something that you need to be concerned about. Starting at a small fee each month, you can protect your whole family across all devices. Get connected with Bark today. Use code BeThatMom for 20% off your subscription for life and get a seven-day free trial to check it out. Okay, so today I am so excited to bring you an interview or a conversation that I had with an expert in the field around the exposure of our kids to what our devices are putting off. I'm talking about how they communicate with the world and get all of their information that has to come from somewhere. And when it is collecting information, we are inadvertently being exposed to electromagnetic frequency radiation. So today I am talking to the founder of Defender Shield. His name is Daniel Debon, and he is an internationally recognized expert in EMF radiation, EMF shielding, and EMF-related health issues with a special focus on the effect of exposure from mobile devices such as laptops, tablets, and cell phones. His concern regarding the health impact of EMF emissions grew from over 30 years of engineering experience in the telecommunications industry. He has had a variety of executive positions in multiple large businesses such as AT&T and Bell Labs and various other things. He's been the co-author of a book called Radiation Nation, The Fallout of Modern Technology, and he is the CEO of Defender Shield, which is the world leader in EMF radiation protection solutions. So I'm so very excited to invite him onto the podcast today. He shares so much valuable information to help you take these nuggets and use them for your kids. Like seriously, make sure you listen to this entire interview and and our conversation. And at the end, he gives some very useful nuggets, very useful tips that you can take today to help make sure that your kid is minimizing their exposure to the things that our devices are inadvertently putting out, whether we are aware of it or not. Okay, I hope you find this so very valuable. I absolutely did. And I am so very excited to bring it to you. So stay tuned. All right. So I am so excited today to be talking to Dan with Defender Shield. And I am really kind of amazed that I have not explored this topic on my podcast yet. And 
is very important. So I'm glad to have you here today, Dan. Tell me a little bit about yourself and what brought you to this space. Well, Dolly, thanks so much for inviting me. I'm excited to chat with your uh, your listening audience uh, about a subject that's really fairly controversial and rarely understood. And so we have an opportunity today to sort of chat about that to help people understand this space. I started in telecommunications 30, 40 years ago. I, I actually wrote the technical standards and, and did the testing on telecommunications equipment for years and years and years. So about 10 years or so, 15, maybe close to 15 now, my sons were visiting me. They had their laptops on their lap. My wife says, that can't be good for you. I want grandchildren. And th th she was implying that there was an emission coming from a, from a laptop that, that um, affected the male sperm. Um, and, and I said, look, I've been doing this stuff for many, many years. There's no way the power levels are going to have any sort of impact to the human body. But then I thought about it a tiny bit. I had never looked at the research side of uh, the medical research side about these kind of exposures. And even back then, Dolly, it was true that after three or four hours, it's potentially true up to 25% of the male sperm became, became immobile. So we, we knew from that study work that it actually can affect you. And then, of course, other data that I was stumbling across, stuff I've never looked at before, seemed to verify that there are potential concerns that we should have as parents and users of these technologies. I built a laptop shield for my sons because I'm actually a mechanical engineer, although I'm an industry, I spent an electrical world. And I built a shielding device for my kids. And um, by the way, Dolly, I, I still don't have grandchildren, but uh, <laughs> that was the whole purpose of starting this journey. <laughs> so that's how I got started. And, and, and once I had a device to protect, I started building other devices that were sort of using the same technology I had. And then uh, my son and I wrote a book, Radiation Nation. And the purpose of it was so people could read it and, and sort of make decisions about, about this controversial space themselves. So that's actually how I got started. Uh, it's really interesting. And isn't it crazy that it's kind of like we won't have anything on our radar until someone makes a comment or, you know, just kind of spikes your interest on something and then it takes you down a rabbit hole of exploring that a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, I used to worry about electronics interfering with electronics. I never worried about electronics interfering with the human body. But after my wife's comment, she had an intuition, which is actually pretty accurate. And it did start a journey that uh, didn't intend, but certainly have embraced over the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So your book is called Radiation Nation, the Fallout of Modern Technology. Is that like on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, those type of places? Yeah. Amazon It's like one of the best sellers on Amazon. Uh, it's like interesting how, you know, um, there are this hemmed up, uh, hemmed up interest in trying to understand this space. And we wrote the book that, that, that was really intended to try to let people understand what it is, what science says, so they can make their own choices. And, and it's been fairly successful, fortunately for us. That's awesome. So kind of to, as a baseline, just if you can explain like in layman's terms, what like for someone, you know, I hear things about 5G and I'm like, is that 5G in my phone? Is it 5G someplace else? 
like just an understanding for the general public, what should we know about like EMF, electromagnetic frequency radiation and 5G and all of that? Okay, so my wife was commenting on the laptop that my sons were using and it was the Wi-Fi. It's the connection to the router that is a transmitter and it's being transmitted from the laptop to the router and it's a power. There's a certain amount of power being trans. You can't see it. You can't smell it. You can't touch it. But it's actually there and it's making a connection. And so when you have a device like that, what it transmits out of the device in all directions within that room and keeps on going into the other rooms. Those can go up to almost 2,000 feet. It's fairly, they can go fairly far. And it's called an omnidirectional signal. It goes every way you're using it. Well, that's true for uh, cell phones, tablets, anything that's using Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, or cell tower connections are transmitting power. With a cell phone, you have the generations of cell phones, the first, second, third, and fourth generation. And then as you pointed out, you have a fifth generation. The fourth generation, up to the fourth generation, those signals that you use for your cell phone, they can go actually up to five miles. So there's enough power to get five miles and it's going in all directions. And, and so that's the fundamental characteristics of technology today. And we're putting it very close to our body. And then here comes 5G, which is fifth generation, next generation technology. Which, which really interesting about that, Dottie, it's not introducing, a lot of it is not introducing new connections from a cell phone to a cell tower. A lot of it are all what's referred to as sub gigahertz. It's like the speeds are not that fast, uh, but uh, uh, the speed of the frequency rate is is around one gigahertz. It's, it's a, a um, a, a wave that moves in the air and, and it's moving at a rate of uh, one gigahertz, um, roughly um, three feet in milliseconds, and it gets to the cell tower. With 5G, the other part, which is really the more controversial part of it, is that there's new rates that are being introduced, much, much higher speeds. And that's where science is getting pretty concerned because we've never had these really, really, really fast speeds in our environment. And that's really what you hear about in the controversial space. Most of what you have in the 5G today is not out there. It is, is the stuff we've seen all along is coming out of our cell phones, no different than it has been in the past. But it's when it's the small cell site, the, the cell tower right in front of your house that's about 15 feet high or less and it's transmitting at much much higher fast 23 gigahertz uh, 60 gigahertz 90 gigahertz they're really really fast rates and that's where the controversial lies that is producing broadband services to the house at speeds that uh, haven't been available in the marketplace and now is and that's where the controversial lies okay wow so that's interesting that makes it make sense more so what are the, you mentioned the thing about the sperm count, what are the health effects and the things that are known? Over? So it varies substantially. Some research scientists that do the work talk about the danger 
potentially can lead to uh, cell damage, D DNA damage, cell damage. And Dr. Powell, for example, or Paul, however you want to announce it, he talks about the cell breaking down and becoming potentially a tumor or a non-cancerous or cancerous tumor. That has been reinforced by study work for the National Toxicity Program, which is the federal government's study several years ago with $25 million they spent. And they found that the epidemiology study that found frontal lobe cancer and heart cancers related to ex exposures, statistically significant changes. In other words, the populations were big enough that we could conclude from the epidemiology study that there could potentially be that danger with that kind of exposure. Dali, th th those are the uh, those are the most extreme, uh, and and those are not the things so much we find in the human body with kind of exposures every day. However, something like twenty percent of us or so were actually impacted in very different ways. There could be neurological impacts, physiological tingling of the eyes, uh, ring, uh, the tinnitus, the ringing in the ears. You may be tired, depressed, fatigued. You may have memory loss. So these are varying degrees of exposure, which influences the, the body. And in fact, some argue, like in the classroom, there's so much Wi-Fi in the classroom today that it's like millions of, of, of times more than it was 50 years ago, and, and that constant increased invisible power level in the classroom is uh, potentially impacting uh, our kids. Um, and so that's the controversy you hear about that. It's the power that's found within the classroom. Now that's a constant seven, eight hours that they're exposed. And there's, you know, maybe depression, anxiety, stress, independent of the schoolwork it's itself. And, and so there's that kind of thing that impacts the human. And, and by the way, Dolly, believe it or not, it's, it's like more women than men, which science has not been able to, to uh, define why. But we know that roughly 20% of the human is impacted by the exposures to cell phones and laptops and Wi-Fis. And it, it, it's... Um, a growing component because maybe our environment is growing. And, and of that, 80% of women that are affected. You know, you may have a headache uh, all day. And um, that's because it could be true. You're sitting next to a router all day. Uh, so all of a sudden, these technologies we have around us, you just have to be aware of those things around you and the potential influences that may have on, on, on you and your kids. So it's not like, um, I mean, it's just kind of like most other things, like in moderation and being yeah. aware. Yeah, um, I, I, it's like the World Health Organization who considers uh, RF signal, the signal from a cell phone to the cell tower as a to be carcinogenic. That means that it's a potential cancer. So it's not like the world's avoiding it. They're beginning to understand it. And many argue that it'll become a probable carcinogenic the next round with the WHO. So it's not like nothing's happening, but it is a controversial space. And it's more in our environment today. And 
and 20% of you are influenced uh, in a negative way. So interesting. And something we just so much need to be aware of as they ramp up the power of our phones and all of that, all you, you know, like before I was aware of all of this, I would just think, oh, wow, a faster phone, you know? Remember the yeah. day we had dial up and stuff like that? Like, right. yeah, we're, you know, actually, actually, dial, that's a really, really good point. We've had electronics around us for long, long amounts of time. But think of this it's only the last five, 10 years we have all this electronic stuff in our pockets. You know, you had a mainframe computer down 500 feet in a building you had that had huge power levels of exposure. It didn't matter because I wasn't in the room. Now that is my computer on my laptop, same power levels, <laughs> same computing capacity, and it's sitting on my lap. <laughs> so it, it's, that's why it's sort of our, our technology, our environment is changing uh, along with the technology exposures, there's potential impacts. To the World Health Organization, I, I mentioned it's a, a possible carcinogenic. Uh, so is gas. When you smell gas, that odor, it's, a, um, it's an organic material smell, and that's considered to be carcinogenic as well. So if you have a Wi-Fi in your room and you have a, a gasoline, 55-gallon drum gasoline open and spewing the volatile organic compounds into the room, they're equivalent in terms of what the World Health Organization defines. So really, it's just about being aware of it being an influence and then being able to kind of have it in moderation and not, you know, always have it, you know, like on your chest or in your pocket or on your lap. That type. So yeah, absolutely. In fact, giving your description of it, what would you do? You put a top on it and you take the gasoline and you put it in the other room. That's what you do. And the same thing with a router. Uh, you, you don't need it in the same room as you are. All you got to do is figure out what room it can be in that's relatively safe for your family. Right. Okay. So then let's take this a step further when it comes to kids. So I'm a big proponent of them not having their phones in their bedrooms and all of that. I mean, it's not even the, not just the phones, but like now we have like the Amazon Echo devices that they have as their alarm clock in their bedroom and those type of things. So it's really about an awareness that that does have emit something. And so maybe it needs to not be on their nightstand at night and maybe they need to not have it someplace <laughs> right yes. all of the time. Okay. So uh, uh, let's chat a little bit about that. There is a federal communications commission standard. It was generated about 30 years ago and it's describing what the power of a signal between a, a, a cell phone and a cell tower. So the federal government does define the standard. It was over 30 years ago. And I remind people over 30 years ago, if I had a cell phone, none of my friends had it. So I wasn't very much on it very, very often. So all the transmitting power levels were, you know, at that time, there wasn't much of it. So that standard sort of was okay. Well, the standard was established by the FCC looking at six foot male military. And they established that if a signal penetrates one to two inches and it heated up less than two degrees, the power level would have to be no more than 1.6 watts. Just remember 1.6 watts. And so, and why heating? Well, 
the RF signal that you have from a cell phone is a microwave signal. You know, a microwave works at 2.3 gigahertz and a cell phone is about one gigahertz. And when you put a piece of meat in the oven and, the, and you turn the microwave on it, it heats up the water between the cells. The cells oscillate, they heat up and therefore cook. Well, that's what the standard prevents in theory, that it can only heat up more than two degrees because it's a thermal signal. Okay, how many people does that represent in our population? About 3%. We have smaller men, smaller women, young kids. They were never exposed to these kinds of things early on in their lives. And all of a sudden, your children at six year old are getting a cell phone to call chat with grandma. And so the standard that was developed 30 years ago to protect the user represents protection for about 3% of the population. What does that mean? Well, again, the cell phone standard protects a six foot male from one to two inches penetration into the head. Your six-year-old child, it goes completely through their head. There is no resistive path for that signal. Because remember, it's omnidirectional signal. It's not just connecting to the cell tower. It's also going through your head. And so now you have a six-year-old six, six child that's using a phone fairly regularly, unlike you and me when we were growing up, and it's going completely through. So what's the implication? We really don't know because phones have not been around that long at this kind of pervasive use. And so... The standard has not been updated by the FCC, and it, it, there is a lot of controversy from the medical community and the FCC, actually to the extent, uh, uh, Dolly, that they actually went to uh, a court. They had an appeals court in Kennedy uh, and Dr. Deborah Davis, a couple of scientists, they, they brought a court case to the FCC, and the FCC lost in court because they actually didn't evaluate modern science to understand where it really was and how much impact it really had on the human. So the FCC has been pushed back to look at it. So we know for sure, as I said, it represents 3% of the population. And we have a lots of, I mean, a plethora, thousands and thousands and thousands of studies that show potential concerns. And so even the FCC has been pushed back to start looking at it. So for all of us, all of that means is you have to be aware of what you're using and, and how you're using it and how much time you're using it and, and know your environment. Oh, very interesting. I mean, like the gist of it is there are concerns. We don't know exactly yeah. the impact, but for a small body and a small child, we know it's not a positive thing most likely. Right. And, and right, we, we don't know. I mean, we honestly don't know. Like we were talking about 5G. You know, most of 5G is going to be fine. It's sort of the same as everything, not fine. It's still the same as everything else has been for us. But the stuff in front of your house, the 23 gigahertz, if someone tells you, a scientist tells you that it's dangerous, they don't know what they're talking about because there's no studies that characterize what the danger could be or not be. It's just different. If you're an informed researcher, you may think there could be comparisons to the current technologies being used to that new, but we really, as you just pointed out, we really don't know. 
And so that's where caution becomes important. Right. So it's then tell me what you have created with your company, Defender Shield, as far as like what products you have and how that can help parents out there with devices. Well, I, I mentioned to you about my son's using a device I created called a, a Defender Pad. And it's a bunch of shielding technologies we put in into a platform to prevent the signals from passing from the device to the human. We have cell phones, shielding devices. We have blankets. We have pregnancy protection. Why do I say pregnancy protection? There are some scientists that say when a, a young woman, 12 years old, puts a, 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 a cell phone in her back pocket, the signal is strong enough to influence the egg maybe potentially mutate the egg. And so when a child puts it in, oh, and, and she becomes uh, married and wants kids, there's a potential for that mutated egg to be influenced in the child, if a child's born. So there's that kind of concern. And that's why I began looking pregnant. We know from a study in San Francisco that at high levels of exposure, to first trimesters, uh, you are three times more likely to miscarriage in that first trimester with those high elevated uh, conditions. So you have to be aware of those. And that's why the, the protection for the, uh, for, for the uh, pregnant woman. Uh, we have pouches, we have, I have earbuds I'm using right now as we're chatting. And I actually created a, a device in which I convert the, the electrical signal and I put it into uh, an acoustical connection. So I have no emissions at all at the head level. So that was another one of the devices uh, we, we came up with that would, it, it's not much, let's put it this way. When you have a, a cell phone directly to your head, as we would talk about, there's a potential that it can influence the frontal lobe cells. If you have it one to two feet away, 80% of that danger is gone. By four foot, 98% is gone. So we have devices when you choose to pick something close to your body, but you don't need it close to your body. If you're taking a, a cell phone and you put it four foot or more away, a laptop four foot or more away, you're actually fairly safe. And it turns out that if you have a laptop, not in your lap, on your desk and you use an ethernet connection to it, you really don't need any device protection because all you're doing is moving that signal that would be the Wi-Fi signal to the router and you're eliminating it by connecting it. So there are ways of mitigating potential dangers by simply managing your environment. In fact, Dolly, I often talk about it as uh, bees in the room. If you're aware of where the bees are, the, the transmitting power levels, and you begin turning them off or moving them away, you reduce exposure in general. One bee won't kill you, a thousand will, and all you have to do is think about where those bees are in the room and just turn them off and move them away. And you're pretty safe, very safe, actually, by simple management of your time. Another thing is, it's not just um, the closeness uh, how close you are to the device. It's how much you use the device. If you're using a, a device a couple of minutes a day, a cell phone to your head a couple of minutes a day, it was unlikely that it'll ever impact you. If you're using it heavily, more than an hour to two 
every day, in 10 years, you're two to three times more likely to have frontal lobe cancer, believe it or not. Uh, and so the duration of use of the technology is also important. So let me get back to other things we have. We have blankets that are for, for moms that want it. Actually, it was a baby blanket originally, but uh, well, a lot of adults use it, believe it or not. We have the earbuds, adult headset uh, headsets uh, that are acoustical, pouches, blankets, uh, devices that you can attach. We have a whole bunch of products all designed to protect you if you choose to have a device next close to your body for an extended period of time. Okay. I love that kind of that summary and your um, points about being four feet or more away, connecting laptop to an ethernet cable, and then the duration that you're using the, the device. Those are three really good things that parents can use as a strategy for mitigating the exposure right. um, in addition to the tools that, that you Valley, let's say you're taking your child in a, stroll, in a stroller. Don't put your cell phone in the back of the divide uh, of the stroller that's close to your child's head. So keep it in your, uh, not near your, your body, but in your, as a wallet or uh, uh, in, in your, anywhere other than the child's back. So that's a simple thing you can do and keeps the child protected. And you still have the device available in, in, in uh, to be used when you want to. Mm -hmm. So then you could also like, you're like the pouches and things that you have, you could certainly use one of those. Yeah, right, exactly. Exposure while you're on your walk. Dolly, we, we were talking, I just remembered there was some other question about sleep you were talking about. And so let's talk about that because that's important because kids are going to bed with these. I'll, I'll give an example by telling you a story. I was on a, a podcast and I was talking to the, this person, very, very bright person. And I said, your bedroom's a sanctuary. There should be no transmitting signals in that room. Uh, all devices, even in, in the case of a cell phone, I, I don't even recommend you put it four foot or more away. Get it out of the room. You don't need it in that room. Eliminate all those kinds of things. And the person was very nice and uh, she said, uh, well, uh, you know, like, that's good coaching. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, my husband and I, we have our phones in the, our room. And well, thank you so much for letting us know. About three or four weeks later, she calls me up and she said, I didn't believe a word you said. The way she would describe me, she says, I didn't believe a word you said. And I said, it the RF signal influences the head. It influences the sleep. Um, and so like you have to get in the pattern taking these things out of your room because it disrupts the, uh, the uh, melatonin that's being generated throughout the body. And she said, my husband and I are now sleeping throughout the night. We simply took the laptops or the, in fact, it was the phones out of our rooms. The other dimension of that discussion I had with her was simple. When you look at a, um, a, lap, a laptop or, or a tablet, when you're sleeping before you're going to bed at night, there is a blue light. You may have heard of this, Dolly, a blue light. Blue light is part of the spectrum of sunlight, right? It's, it's believe it or not, visible electromagnetic radiation. That's what it is. It's visible. The blue component is very high on the spectrum of light. 
and very, very close to what was known as ionized radiation, X-ray radiation. That's roughly where it is. And it is the part of light that actually helps you go to sleep or stay awake. In other words, blue light is the trigger in the back of the eye. The cryptochrome is a protein in the back of the eye that turns the on and off switch for a melatonin. And so when you're looking at the screen at 11 o'clock at night and you've decided to go to bed, the melatonin hasn't been turned on because you had the blue light penetrating your eye and the switch hasn't turned off. And so believe it or not, it disrupts the, the, uh, the pattern of sleep only because it delays the melatonin uh, and, and, the, and the potential uh, deep sleep and everything. The, the cyclic nature of our 24-hour cycle is it being impacted when you're actually looking at that blue light at night before you go to bed. So it's a combination of removing products and watching how the technology you're using is impacting uh, the, uh, the, the sleep pattern in other ways. Uh, so it is, a, it is no question very important for sleep that you really pull tablets, laptops, cell phones out of your sleeping area particularly if it's close to you. You do not want to do it because it is disrupting your sleep pattern. So will the, you have like, I think I saw them on your website, the blue blocker glasses. Oh, would, yes. Would they yeah, actually, that? yeah, actually that's why I did it because people were like, during the day, you're not going to not use a screen and it is only the blue component of the signal of the, of the light that you're worried about. So uh, we have filters that we put on that takes that signal out. And we have a light 50% shielding and another one that's 99% shielding. And that's why we did it. Because people who want to uh, read at night, they can go with the, the shield 99% shielding and they, they actually have no impact to the sleeping pattern as a result of that. Okay, so then that would be a good alternative if they need. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to do it, you can take that precautionary measure. Okay, cool. The other thing I wanted to go back to was on the earbuds. So kids are, you know, like all crazy about their AirPods and things like that. Is there anything that can be put on AirPods specifically that helps to block it? Or is it just kind of a lost cause with those? <laughs> the, the answer is no, but, but let's talk about it because this is pretty serious in my opinion. And I, I hate to talk about this detail, but um, a, a cell phone, as I mentioned, is 1.6 watts per kilogram. That's the maximum amount of power. A Bluetooth signal, which is used to communicate to the earbuds, is .3 watts. It's five times less the power level, five times less the power level. So it's safer to some extent, but not necessarily the safest. And the reason why is because you have Bluetooth, which is a signal that goes from the, the device, your cell phone, to the earbud. And then many of these devices communicate between each other with Bluetooth. And it turns out that dot one, dot one watts, 15 times less the power level of a cell phone, can influence the frontal lobe cell and mutate the cell. It's not like it's not completely safe. It is from science, we have some data, not that much, but some data has indicated that kind of potential danger and have identified dot one watts 
has all it takes, which is really not much power at all. So in my opinion, Dottie, you do not want to use those devices. Uh, you, you just expose yourself needlessly. And if you had a standard pair of earbuds, that's fine with that a wired. If you want to do an improvement to that, use acoustical connections like I designed and also is also in the market other places. Okay, yeah, that was going to be my next question was the difference between the wired ones and the wireless ones. Because like all of the iPhones now, you have to use an adapter in order to use the wire ones because they don't have a jack anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's like crazy. It's good for business, I guess. I guess so. I mean, I have my own pair of AirPods that I bought years ago before I realized that there was any, I just didn't really, you know, it was always kind of like one of those things like surely they're protecting us and wouldn't put something out that's going to cause this harm. But it's it's clear that there is exposure there. And every kid ha- seems to have those in their ears when they're walking around. So Dolly, actually, you bring up a really good point. One of the things I always say is you're the architect in your own destiny. You can't rely on anyone to keep you protected. The FCC, they didn't intentionally, they certainly did not intend to create a standard that was 30 years later, not as protective as it should be. They didn't do that, but that's a consequence. When when I smoked cigarettes twelve years when I was twelve years old, many 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 years ago, you know, I, I was a big man, and believe it or not, even back then, science knew about the link between cancer and smoking. How many years later did it take for us all to know that you shouldn't smoke over 30, 40 years ago? Right, trans fats. You know. There was a lowly biochemist 30 years ago. He said, it's not the cholesterol in the eggs that are killing us. It's the trans fats we're using to cook our French fries. It's carcinogenic. And how many years did it take for that to be banned? It's banned in the U.S. now. It's been that way for two years. But we knew 30 years ago that it was potentially dangerous from a science perspective. I don't see this as that much different. It's a technology that we created in our environment, which is really, really good for us in so many different ways. It, it changes our lives, but it also introduces potential concerns that we should be thinking about. Right. So cigarettes are a prime example of that. And they're still out on the market, even though we know that they're... Right, exactly. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Obviously, I don't smoke anymore. I haven't for 40 years, so... Yeah. So, okay. So I think you have given some really, really valuable tips on navigating this because technology is not going away. There's advantages to it. Like we're here connected right now because of it. So I think this is really good starting point for parents to just be aware of this and to help try to mitigate the risk of the exposure because, you know, we're not going to get the devices out of these kids' hands. And no, No. Hey, Dolly, in fact, you reminded me when you mentioned that. When we had the Defender Pad, I wasn't really thinking we're going to create other product lines. And then I read an article one day that these parents bought a, uh, their 16-year-old daughter a cell phone. She kept on pushing, pushing, pushing. And a year later, after they got it, she, she passed away from a frontal lobe cancers. And I said to myself, I know I can stop that signal. I did it with the Defender Pad. And I said, Look, we're not going to throw away our technology, but we have to find a way of maybe making it slightly safer if, if you think it's endangering. And that's when I adopted the technology from one device to another. 
simply because I'm not going to throw my cell phone away. But at that time, believe it or not, I never had a cell phone close to me. I was just, I never did. But now I will because I know I'm protected with a shielding device. So if you're going to use it, watch your time, your distance and duration, uh, as well as the shielding. Uh, if, if you choose to have devices long extended period of times close to your body. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending the time with me today. That's the, that you just summarized it all with time, distance, duration, and shielding. So yep. Yep. Um, I really, really appreciate your time and your expertise and really taking the time to explain all this. And I think that all of the parents out there are really going to benefit from this. So thank you so much for putting your passion into something that can help people. Well, thanks so much, Sally, for inviting me. I, I really did enjoy this. I always, I, I think our goal in life is to try to help people understand what decisions they need to come up with. And, and that's what I consider pretty important for us to do. So, and I think you do as well. So thank you so much for the work you do as well. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you so much. We just have to kind of join hands and, and move forward and, and create yep. our own destiny, like you said, so. Yep. Yeah, well, they are, we're architects of our own destiny. Don't let, wait for anyone else to help you. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. Being that mom isn't easy, but together we can be that mom strong. Don't forget to leave a review, connect on social, and join Dolly's free community. Till next time. Hey, if you are a mom that has a lot on your plate like I do and you struggle with anxiety or sleep or even chronic pain issues, please check out mysoulcbd.com. They are the one and only CBD source that I trust and you can use my code BeThatMom for 15% off of your purchase.